Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Nine on Your Side Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Layton. Today, I am very, very excited. I feel like I am home. I am with Wade Minner, the PA announcer for the Carolina Hurricanes and NC State Hockey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's talk about how you got into this. Yes, uh, so I've been involved in public speaking most of my life. I grew up in a very small town, but did competitively do public speaking as a kid. I did a little bit of public address in college at William & Mary, and then afterwards I got involved in an improv group called Comedy Sports. They have a sports-themed improv show that has two teams, kind of whose lines in anyway style, a referee and an announcer. So I did the announcer job a very long time, so I built this comedy announcer character over a number of years. I've been doing professional wrestling ring announcing for a little over a decade here in Raleigh. I play on a couple of hockey teams. And then about 10 years ago, started doing PA work for NC State's club ice hockey team. A year after that, there was an audition for the Hurricanes open PA announcer job. I tried out and, and got the role. <laughs> what drew you to public speaking? You said you've been doing it for a while. And my mom was an English teacher uh, before she retired, and there wasn't a whole lot going on in my rural Virginia hometown. Not a lot to do, but they did have a uh, organization called Forensics, which is not crime scene investigation. <laughs> uh, it's the other one, it's public speaking. And I was a shy kid, very introverted, and I think my mom saw that as a way to kind of get me out of my shell. And it turned out I, I was good at it, I had really good coaches, and uh, that allowed me to kind of put on this persona of, of a public speaker that I was able to adopt and those speaking skills have helped me not only kind of in my hockey career, but business as well. Mm -hmm. So a really good choice by my mom to put me in those, and it's led to a lot of really cool things. When we talked about beforehand, I played softball my whole life, and I was lucky enough to be able to get on to commentating, color commentating, ESPN Plus getting to do ECU softball, which is my alma mater, there so it was go. a lot of fun. You said you played on a few hockey teams. Do you feel like that kind of helped you understand the game and translate it into you announcing. It really did. Um, when I tried out for the Hurricanes job back in 2015, I think there were a few things working in my favor. One is that as an adult, I picked up playing the sport. So I play goalie on one team, I play defense on another. So I understand how the sport flows from a player perspective. As I mentioned, I'd been doing improv comedy at that point for almost 20 years. And so it was really hard to throw me. Unexpected situations happen. I knew how to adapt to that. I've been doing the professional wrestling ring announcing, so I knew how to work a crowd with my voice and get people excited. And then I had that year at NC State, understanding how the game worked from inside the box, how you interact with the officials, how does the game flow, the things you don't see as a player. So when that audition came around in 2015, I was able to put all those individual elements together and apparently have a really good audition. Were you a Canes fan before this? Did you have any interest in like the NHL beforehand? I have been a Canes fan since I moved here in 1999. So I was at the very first game in this building. Uh -huh. I've been a season ticket holder for a very long time. 
So you know, this is my team. I, I've, I've been through the ups and downs. I was here in the stands in 06 when they won the cup. I was just about to say I was seven years old, so I didn't get to be there. Yeah, I was in, uh, <laughs> I was in my, my mid-20s, early 30s at that point. But being in the building with the rest of the fans, so I feel like that has allowed me to, to really understand what the Kaniacs like, what they want, what they need, because I am one of them, and I have been for a very long time. You know, I certainly have to put on a very professional show when I'm up here, but in my heart, I'm still a fan of this team and, and celebrate their victories and mourn the losses and in the loudest fan in the building, I guess. You and I kind of talked about before, we talked about before this, how during the game when you're up here, you obviously get to cheer a little bit more than I do. It's your job. When I work up in the press row for uh, Carolina Hurricanes games, I don't get to cheer. That's true, yeah. <laughs> how hard is it for you? I mean, you get to be in the game and you get to amp everybody in here up, including me most of the time when I'm here. So what is that like to hear everybody get excited when it's your voice over the announcement? It, it's, it's a feeling unlike any other to, to know that me, like who am I, right? But I, I have a, a way of reaching the fans that they really enjoy. And I'll tell you what's, what's kind of fascinating and, and a little bit trippy is that I have a very distinct way I say players' names and I say them very consistently, um, same, same way every time. And people will send me video from inside the bowl, from the, from the seats, I'm announcing a goal and just the entire arena is saying the names exactly the same way that I say them. And, you know, I look at those videos, I'm like, man, somebody's actually listening to me. That's kind of, didn't, didn't know that was happening. Uh, but being able to, to do something to get the fans excited and have, have that resonate with them, um, I, it's just, I, I feel very lucky that, that that's happening to me. Is there a name that you specifically, like how did you kind of decide, here's how I want to say Sebastian Ajo or Svetch or anybody? I, I try out ideas. Um, so I think about it when I see the roster, like, okay, who's coming in, who's left. I try to, as much as I can, make every name distinctive. And so I'll try out on, on my family, like, how does this sound? How does that sound? I'll have a general sense of kind of how I want to do it. And then I'll come in in front of a real crowd, say it, see if people react. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So I'll tweak it a little bit. Once I settle on something that seems to work, then it's a question of, you know, how do I make it bigger in big moments? Uh, you know, are, is there something I can really draw out? Is there something punchy? Uh, for example, last year, Auntie Ronta, the goaltender, went on. I was on. thinking about that one in my head. <laughs> he did. He, he went on a run and he kept winning and kept winning big games. So he kept being uh, one of the three stars of the game, often the first. And so I, you know, I, every time something big happened, I would I would make the raw like bigger. And it got to the point he was winning so many big games that I would go a good like 15 seconds drawing <laughs> that out, and people he'd be smiling, the crowd would be enjoying it. So that's one thing I think about. Like if I'm thinking of a way to say a name, is there a way to then emphasize it, make it bigger when it counts? And if I can do that, then I know I've got to got a good pronunciation there. Obviously hockey players, a lot of them have different last names or different first names, you know, sometimes they're hard to pronounce. How do you kind of practice, if we get a new player and his last name is kind of hard? Job number one in this role is get the names right. Everything else is kind of window dressing after that, but your, your number one job is to get the names right. And I take that very seriously because a person's name is a very personal thing to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of the hockey culture is, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like they, they don't like making waves. You know, if you butcher their name, they'll be like, it's fine. Yeah. But it's not, <laughs> right. it's not. Your name is very important to you and you, you want to hear it said correctly. 
Did you ever see a player's name on a roster home or away when they came in and you were like, oh man, I don't want to butcher this one because it looks tough? <laughs> yeah, there have been a few. I remember, I think maybe Dallas had a player named Yerky Yokipaka. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's it, that, that, was a, that was a tough one. I had to do a lot of research on that. And so, and, but sometimes the ones that really get me are the simple ones. Uh, Calgary has a player or had a player whose first name is Oliver. And his last name was K-Y-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, which I would assume is Kylington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, my buddy Kurt out in Portland texted me after watching me uh, watching the game. He's like, uh, the name is actually pronounced Shillington. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I had to make a change there. But yeah, I mean, like everyone else, I, 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 I make mistakes. I assume something without checking, but I, you know, I... I try to get better at that every time I make a mistake. You've been a Kings fan for a while. How have you watched the, uh, I guess, fan grow? I mean, social media wasn't a thing back sure. then when the team kind of first started. Now we have social media, and I think social media draws a lot of Kings fans in. I know I witnessed it happen firsthand because admin is hilarious. Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter where it is, especially Twitter. Very funny. Do you think that that kind of draws fans in? How have you watched it grow over the years? It's been great. I mean, when the team first moved to town, there were there were not a ton of hockey fans here in you know 1997, 98, 99, and you really had to do a lot of work educating the fans. They had uh, had Ron the ref. I remember the very first Canes website had a lot of this is what icing is and this is what an offside <laughs> is, uh, just basic rules. Which you know, fans from out of town, well, why don't you know that? Well, everyone's got to learn something, we're also right? In the South. We're, yeah, we're, we're from a, a market that didn't have a lot of hockey. We had ECHL here, but you know that was fairly small time. So there, in the early days, there was a lot of fan education that had to happen. Uh, what's happened, I think, as we've progressed is not only have fans been with the team for a generation or so now, like they, they, they come to games, they get it. There's enough critical mass here in town that new people coming in who are not from hockey markets can absorb it from their friends. Mm -hmm. But the growth of youth hockey in the triangle has been off the charts. So now you've got kids who want to play because they see the Canes play. You've got parents who may not know anything about the sport, but they go help their kids and they pick it up kind of through osmosis there. And so, you know, it's a virtuous cycle. Kids play, the adults get into it, and sometimes the adults start playing like I did. And so there's kind of on-ice education that happens there. And I think, you know, from the Rod Brendamore era especially, the team has been very good. They've been very fun to watch. And as you mentioned, the the social and marketing teams under Dan LaTorica, Mike Foreman, they are just killing it in every possible way. And not only is that stuff bringing fans in from the triangle, local folks who can who enjoy the team's social, enjoy the marketing, they come in, they watch a game, but now you're getting Canes fans from across the country and around the world based on, number one, the strength of the play and how fun it is to watch this team, but number two, how well the team is marketing themselves and how well they're presenting this brand. And that's a lot of credit to, to the marketing and social teams for doing that. You've got Canes fans globally now, which you know, 20 years ago you probably wouldn't because right. it's just you know, a team in Raleigh that doesn't play that great and um, doesn't really have, a, have an identity. Now we do, and that identity is such that people, hockey fans, even if you're not, never been to the Triangle, can, can love what we're doing here. I love how good we are all the time. Sure. But <laughs> the social media is so much fun. I mean, I always have notifications turned on for tweets, Instagram posts, whatever it may be. Do you, you obviously post a lot of TikToks. Do you think that that social media kind of translated into you 
putting a lot on TikTok and kind of sharing your experience too. Absolutely. I mean, if people care, you're, it's a lot easier to share, right? Um, and so people, for whatever reason, seem to like the stuff that I do. And being able to share that, I was on Twitter for a while. I'm on TikTok now. And I just, as a person, love behind-the-scenes type stuff. I love to see kind of how, how, the, how the food gets made. And so being able to post TikToks from up here on the ledge of me, you know, here's how, here's how my game day goes, here's how I announce, here's what, here's what the script looks like, that whole thing, I think is, is something that a particular type of fan re- really gets into. And, you know, talking about the Panthers and, you know, they have been kind of the opposite of good for a while. <laughs> but you, you as a organization, there's only so much you can do to control the wins and losses. You can put the best team, you can try things, you can hire good coaches. But you are fully in control of your brand and you're fully in control of your marketing. That's the thing, no matter how good or how bad the team is, you've got the ability to set the message there. It's nobody else. And I think teams that can do that successfully, they can weather the ups and downs because their brand is not necessarily just the play out there on the ice, although that's a big part of it. The brand is, you know, how do they interact with fans? How do they present themselves? What are their values? And if you are able to do that successfully, then your team becomes more than just kind of the the wins and the losses. Now you have a website and that's how I kind of got to find your email and I feel like that's very personable because it's hard to find some people who are in kind of your position high especially with great teams great organizations hard to get in touch with them and I thought that was really really cool what kind of made you decide here's how I want people to get in contact with me is create my own page that's mine. Yeah um, so my my real job this is not my real job uh, though I do enjoy it, is in technology. I'm a software developer, I have a computer science degree, which really actually kind of sets me apart from a lot of the people who do this job in the league. There's a lot of voice actors, there's a lot of radio folks, which makes sense. You use your voice professionally, you're probably pretty good at it. (laughs) Um, I'm just a computer nerd. Uh, So a a lot of kind of my online presence comes from that part of my life where I can build my own website, right? And I really think that for, for fans of a team, and I've been one myself, being able to feel like you have a connection with some part of the organization really creates great memories for people. It's really important for them. And yeah, I'm not Mike Mascalco or Trip Tracy. I'm not Rod Brendamore. I'm not Jordan Stahl. Um, but I'm something, right? You're and very cool. <laughs> I hope you know that. <laughs> and, if, uh, and if people can have a positive interaction with me or I can you know, give them a shout out or record a voicemail for them or they can just have a conversation because I'm just, I'm just some guy, right? Like I'm just a, a regular person. And, and that creates a memory for them or for their kids. Like I feel like it's my responsibility as a part of the organization, my responsibility in being a part of the team that I've loved for so long that, you know, Everybody else, uh, you know, is, is extremely busy. I, I have the luxury of not quite being as busy with with the Canes. So if I can be accessible, I think that's something that I can bring back to the fan base. Is there a name on our roster that is your favorite name to say before every game? Uh, I really do love saying Tavo Teravainen's yeah. name. <laughs> that's and a good one. <laughs> it, that's a good one. It's got a lot of a lot of syllables, and uh, I I did have several years ago. Uh, a visiting fan who was watching a, a game here uh, on TV post a, uh, post a snarky comment uh, to me on Twitter that said, I hate the way the PA guy says Tavo Teravainen's name. He sounds like Bullwinkle when he talks. <laughs> oh and I was goodness. like, I thought about it. I was like, 
you know, he's kind of got a point. <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, I, I like saying every name distinctively uh, so that people can kind of catch on to it and catch on to a hook. And people have asked me over the years for advice on, you know, I, I want to do this type of job. You know, you know what, how, do, how do you do it? What should I do? I was like, I don't know. I just had a series <laughs> of lucky it. accidents, right? <laughs> um, but the, the one piece of advice I do think is actually legit and I can give to people is if you sound like everybody else, you could be anybody else. Right. Um, for good or for bad, I have a very distinctive style and a very distinctive sound. It's It's been informed by a lot of influences on my life. There's a lot of uh, you know classic pro wrestling in my voice. Uh, I would not be a good baseball announcer, but that's okay, <laughs> right? right? There's a different sound for every sport. But when aspiring PA announcers say, you know, what do I need to do to be successful? I'm like, I don't know, but make sure your voice is yours. Mm -hmm. Make sure that when they hear you, they're like, that I know who that is, right? Um, and that gets you get you a fair amount down the road because if you're having fun, if if you're putting your own spin on things, then the people listening to you should be having fun. Yeah, the the consistency I think comes from that those years of public speaking mm -hmm. in high school and middle school because they teach you really how to get that consistency. So that's that's kind of been my foundation, and I do try to be distinctive. And consistent, which is a, you know a little bit of a spectrum. You gotta you gotta figure out where you land on that. But you know, for me, I think in the in the kind of game announcement flow stuff, I, I like the three stars of the game. Yeah. Um, I like my goal call. Carolina Hurricanes goal! Scored by number thirty-seven. Andre Svechnikov. Um, I built that at NC State. Uh, wanted because when I was doing NC State for the year before I got the Canes, I, I was like, all right, you know, what what is my style going to be? How am I going to do this? And so I kind of in my head was like, all right, I want my goal call to sound a little bit like a wolf howl because you know wolf pack's there. And so you know that one I like. I can really stretch it out if I need to. Um, I like our I like our Bojangles sponsorship. If, <laughs> if the player puts the biscuit in the basket on the hat trick, um, but it's it's just the little pieces that kind of come together. And I've been doing this for a while now, and and the the show has stayed relatively consistent as well. Underneath me, we haven't had any kind of radical changes, mm -hmm. so it, it's kind of easy to get lulled into like the, well, I'm just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Right. So you kind of have to actively fight that because even if this is my 352nd straight game of basically kind of doing the same stuff, it's somebody out there's first game. Right. And I whether it's a 10 nothing loss or a 10 nothing win, whether it's a, a you know you're you're losing a preseason game or you're winning a divisional playoff round, you've got to have the same energy. Mm -hmm. um, and you know back back when we were in a streak of not really making the playoffs. Um, it was it was sometimes tough bringing the energy to to a light crowd who wasn't being entertained. Um, it's a lot easier now that we're packing the house basically every game and the team's exceptionally good. But you know, I I had to carry the energy through a lot of kind of bad hockey for a while, uh, along with the game production crew, along with the DJ, along with the on ice hosts. Like we all have to be at our best every game because you never know what game is going to make a fan for life.
hands of a team, and, and I've been one myself, being able to feel like you have a connection with some part of the organization really creates great memories for people. It's really important for them. And yeah, I'm not Mike Mascalco or Trip Tracy. I'm not Rod Brendamore. I'm not Jordan Stahl. Um, but I'm something, right? You're and very cool. <laughs> I hope you know that. <laughs> and if uh, and if people can have a positive interaction with me, or I can you know give them a shout out, or record a voicemail for them, or they can just have a conversation because I'm just I'm just some guy, right? <laughs> like I'm just a, a regular person, and and that creates a memory for them or for their kids. Like I feel like it's my responsibility as a part of the organization, my responsibility in being a part of the team that I've loved for so long, that you know. Everybody else, uh, you know, is, is extremely busy. I, I have the luxury of not quite being as busy with with the Canes. So if I can be accessible, I think that's something that I can bring back to the fan base. Is there a name on our roster that is your favorite name to say before every game? Uh, I really do love saying Tavo Teravainen's yeah. name. <laughs> that's and a good one. <laughs> it, that's a good one. It's got a lot of a lot of syllables. And uh, I I did have several years ago. Uh, a visiting fan who was watching a, a game here uh, on TV post a uh, post a snarky comment uh, to me on Twitter that said, "I hate the way the PA guy says Tavo Teravainen's name. He sounds like Bullwinkle when he talks." <laughs> oh and I was goodness. like, I thought about it. I was like, you know, he's kind of got a point, <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, I, I like saying every name distinctively uh, so that. People can kind of catch on to it and catch on to a hook. And people have asked me over the years for advice on, you know, I, I want to do this type of job. You know, you know what, how, how do you do it? What should I do? I was like, I don't know. I just had a series <laughs> of lucky it. accidents, right? <laughs> um, but the, the one piece of advice I do think is actually legit and I can give to people is if you sound like everybody else, you could be anybody else. Right. Um, for good or for bad, I have a very distinctive style and a very distinctive sound. It's it's been informed by a lot of influences on my life. There's a lot of uh, you know classic pro wrestling in my voice. Uh, I would not be a good baseball announcer, but that's okay, right? <laughs> right? There's a different sound for every sport. But when aspiring PA announcers say, you know, what do I need to do to be successful? I'm like, I don't know, but make sure your voice is yours. Mm -hmm. Make sure that when they hear you they're like that i know who that is right um and that gets you get you a fair amount down the road because if you're having fun if, if you're putting your own spin on things then the people listening to you should be having fun something i can say about you is that when i come to the game i've been to quite a lot of games now because i will up and buy tickets if somebody can bring me um you sound the same every single game and that is so impressive and you've been doing carolina hurricanes for a while but in fact i mean we have players leave when we bring in players right. I mean it's not been the same roster for however many years now but you sound very consistent and I think that that's really cool because that's something I have to learn when I'm commentating softball sure I don't and I have times where I will pause and not know what to say but the, you sound very consistent all the time and I think that's super cool do you have a favorite uh saying that you like to say like is it goal or what is it um yeah, the, the consistency, I think, comes from that those years of public speaking mm -hmm. in high school and middle school because they teach you really how to get that consistency. So that's, that's kind of been my foundation. And I do try to be distinctive and consistent, which is a, you know, a little bit of a spectrum. You've got 
you got to figure out where you land on that. But you know, for me, I think in the in the kind of game announcement flow stuff, I, I like the three stars of the game. Yeah. Um, I like my goal call. Um, I built that at NC State. Uh, wanted because when I was doing NC State for the year before I got the Canes, I, I was like, all right, you know, what what is my style going to be? How am I going to do this? And so I kind of, in my head, was like, all right, I want my goal call to sound a little bit like a wolf howl, because, you know, wolf pack's there. And so, you know, that one I like. I can really stretch it out if I need to. Um, I like our I like our Bojangles sponsorship, if, <laughs> if the player puts the biscuit in the basket on the hat trick. Um, but it's, it's just the little pieces that kind of come together, and... I've been doing this for a while now, and, and the, the show has stayed relatively consistent as well underneath me. We haven't had any kind of radical changes. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of easy to get lulled into, like, the, well, I'm just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Right. So you, you kind of have to actively fight that, because even if this is my 352nd straight game of basically kind of doing the same stuff, it's somebody out there's first game. Right. And I whether it's a 10 nothing loss or a 10 nothing win, whether it's a... a you know, you're you're losing a preseason game or you're winning a divisional playoff round. You've got to have the same energy. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, back back when we were in a streak of not really making the playoffs, um, it was it was sometimes tough bringing the energy to, to a light crowd who wasn't being entertained. Um, it's a lot easier now that we're packing the house <laughs> basically every game and the team's exceptionally good. But, you know, I, I had to carry the energy through a lot of kind of bad hockey for a while uh, along with the game production crew along with the dj along with the on ice hosts like we all have to be at our best every game because you never know what game is going to make a fan for life right do you have you might not do you have a favorite player to watch or just favorite player in general you might not favorite player to watch um i I'm a defenseman on one of my teams when I skate out, and being able to watch Jacob Slavin play is, for a defenseman, such a treat, because he's so calm, he's always in the right place, he does things that are very, very tricky to get right. So you'll see him kind of lay out, if he's out of position, he'll lay out, swing the stick out, take the puck off somebody else's stick and bring it back right. before there's a penalty. You see a lot of pe people try to do that, and they'll just take a player's legs out, they'll get a penalty. Right. He's able to play defense against the, the toughest people in the league for a lot of minutes and take maybe zero to two penalties a season. Like, just being able to appreciate that as a player, like how good he is, uh, I think is, is a fun thing to watch. And he's you know he's been with us for a while. He keeps getting better. He's going to be with us for a while, I think. So as far as you know, the on-ice product and just watching someone play at a really high level, he's probably my favorite. One thing that everybody knows about me is that obviously everyone knows I'm a huge Carolina Hurricanes fan. I'm a huge Andre Sveshkinov fan. Oh, sure. Like, I am a huge fan. I got to meet him in October of 2020. Oh, that's awesome. Which was so cool. Um, I have that picture taped on my wall at work. <laughs> Love I, uh, it. My friend came to take pictures for a few games. She took a great shot of him. Have that framed on my wall. <laughs> I sound like a creeper. I'm not. No, I mean, he, <laughs> he's, he's just that type of player. player. I think he's so cool. He's. It just helps that he's great. But definitely a big Sveshkin. And I hate saying that because it sounds so basic because everybody has an Aho jersey and a Spets oh, jersey sure, yeah. and whoever else but I wear my Spets jersey with pride yeah <laughs> that's it I mean you know do you wear a jersey when you announce 
I do. Um, so I, when I started the job, I sat between the penalty boxes. So I was down there uh, with the NHL office officials, and for that particular spot, I had to wear a suit. Uh, I did manage to argue not to wear a tie because I hate them. Uh, I work in tech. I, I, I didn't own a suit when I, when I got this job. I had to go buy one. Um, so there was a particular dress code down there. Um, now that I'm up at press level and will probably be forever, there really isn't a dress code. So mm -hmm. I, I do wear a personalized Canes jersey uh, with my name on it. So just you know, patting myself on the back there, <laughs> a little ego stroking. Uh, so it's got my, my player number, which is 42, that I play uh, wear in beer league. It's got my name on it. And then on the front where the captains put the, the C or the A, I have a PA oh. on the front, <laughs> which I stole uh, from uh, Jeff Kay, who I think stole it from Wes Johnson in <laughs> DC. And we haven't been able to trace it back further than that. Uh, but yeah, I wear my own jersey, uh, and, but I have you know several at home. I've got a, I've got a Justin Falk, I've got a Chandler Rose, a Kevin Adams, back from my fan days. Uh, my wife has a Ron Hainsey jersey. That was kind of one of her favorite players. Uh -huh. um, my kids are, you know, Svetch and Jarvis fans. Jarvis is a good one. Jarvis is a good one. <laughs> um, and my, my youngest uh, is a really big fan of Pyotr Kochekov. Aren't we all? <laughs> so, so she's got a Kochekov jersey. Uh, but yeah, like, it's, it's really cool seeing how many people love, love our, our very visible and very good players. But I always get a kick out of seeing, like, somebody walking around with a Chatfield jersey or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're looking, you're looking for something, something very specific and... The Burns jerseys are coming up too. Burns jerseys They're are all over the place. I told, I told somebody my next one's going to be Adam Lee Decker. I'm kidding. Yeah, there <laughs> you Adam go. Adam Lee jersey. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he really needs a personalized one. He um, does. DJ Mist Ills has some personalized that, that say Ills on the back and, uh, over the last couple seasons he's, uh, adopted putting DJ on the front <laughs> of his. So I like that. But you know we have so many good players and so many so many folks. I think that different fans who like different things can appreciate that you know you walk around the concourse and it's not just one or two star players. Mm -hmm. you, you you see kind of a range of folks, and, and that's good. I think that's a healthy team and a healthy fan base when there's lots of folks people can get behind, not just well we've got one good player, we've got two good players, and like everybody feels like they have to represent them. Right. Great. Well, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and uh, hopefully this will be another fun season. Did my phone... <laughs> All right, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Carolina Hurricanes, go! Scored by number 37. Andre Svechnikov. People, it's gonna be.